I get a paper here at Warwick in 1997 on securitization, um, and that's a long time ago. And I, I feel it, I, it, it was my birthday yesterday, and I feel older. Um, Congratulations. Thank you again. <laughs> the, the, um, uh, now the, the presentation here is about uh, a topic that I worked on for a while. Um, and the change, the change that, that has occurred in the last few weeks is uh, sort of transformed my mind to be like, what would happen if you got a Labrador puppy and you fed it cordial? It's sort of very, very kind of scattered. And so presentation itself is, is, is actually kind of uh, scattered in the sense of I'm, I'm trying to touch on a few different things. The overall theme of what I'm trying to uh, talk about today is embedded liberalism. Um, and if the current crisis does tell us something about embedded liberalism, in part because the crisis is in, a, in, in, in a, the core economy for the OECD. So um, in terms of financial crisis, it's not in Asia or, um, or Eastern, Eastern Europe or, or elsewhere, it's in the US. Um, and, what, and, and what this means for cooperation um, in, term, in, uh, in terms of how we respond for the IMF or for AOSCO or for BIS or, or similar. Um, I've included a few funny cartoons as well. Some are, some are less funny than, than others. Um, but I'll, I'll try, in 15 minutes, I'll try and get through these things. So as I said, it's a little bit uh, all over the place, but we'll get through it. Um, embedded liberalism and what, what this means. What are the concepts that works? Uh, the way I understand it is, is that the, my long-running argument for, for a long time now, and there's a book in 2006 called The Social Sources of Financial Power that I wrote in 2002, 2003, I guess, um, was that, was that uh, Fanny and Freddie and Ginny, the, the three siblings, uh, Fanny and Freddie are quite popular. There's a third sibling called Ginny. Uh, um, are, are in effect a form of welfare um, in America. That they give a subsidy uh, that can be seen as, as, as a form of welfare and that when you combine it with tax breaks um, on owning property in America, that, that they, 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 uh, they uh, do constitute a form of welfare that is not seen as state support in, in a way in America that's seen as being shameful. Um, the second thing is that to, to, to talk about Fanny and Freddie as, as what I refer to as uh, Q, QPIs, uh, and the, point, the, the key point here on rights, on, on rights, rights discourses is to say that trying to understand investment into the subprime market uh, trying to understand why, why, uh, why towns like Narvik in Norway chose to invest large sums of their budget into subprime um, is, is, is fairly hard to understand if we don't understand why Fanny and Freddie and Ginny were so strong. Um, in part because investment into subprime is on the back of that. <laughs> now, these institutions, they were created in part by rights forces and everyday politics. You know, Third point, and this is really from my work with Herman Schwartz that's just come out, um, is to try and understand what's going on here in a comparative context and to make the argument really that, that housing finance is tied to welfare um, and so the kind of assets that we're talking about in the current crisis, um, make, they, they are quite, quite, quite different. Um, the fourth, fourth aspect here is to try and assess the response so far. Um, and, I'll try, and I'll try to get to that. Uh, my assessment so far of the response is that it's fairly weak. Um, that other than trying to blame S&P and Moody's in terms of what's being spoken about and in terms of being able to actually cooperate and regulate, um, we come back to the argument from Susan Strange uh, in casino capitalism that unless, it, that, that unless the US does it internally, well, then the game's over. 
Okay. Oh, first funny cartoon. This is uh, someone buying a house and, and uh, saying, I thought we were just buying a house. That's, uh, yeah. It's meant to be amusing. It's a sort of... <laughs> yeah. um, okay. The, yeah, so, so I said already, that the, key, the, the, the key thing here is that the crisis in the OECD um, at the moment is, is in the core economy. And this could, could be seen as a problem of embedded, liberal, of, of embedded liberalism rather than neoliberalism or hyperliberalism. So in, term, in terms of response and cooperation on trying to deal with the problem, it, um, it, it really taps into welfare concerns in, in, um, in the US and in the UK, uh, Australia, elsewhere, Denmark, and so on. Um, it's in part from the, from the process uh, of securitization. Now, a process we've heard about quite a lot. Um, and in the book from 2006, what I essentially argued was that the American system is set up um, to, to suck in capital, um, in part from overseas, um, and to use that capital faster. So Fannie and, and, uh, and, and on housing, Fannie and Freddie were, were key to doing this. I've got two ways, but now big. Okay, right. Um, yeah, so Fannie, Freddie, and Ginny really, really are the key here. Um, Fannie and Freddie are bigger, of course. And that, and that their purpose in the American economy, uh, um, certainly from their, from their foundation, and I would say in the 80s and during the 90s, it starts to wane around 2000, um, it seems as being legitimate by most Americans. So, so here we have a, a, a nice sort of contrast with the idea of the US being, uh, pardon me, um, um, of the US being neoliberal. Because um, the role of government here through QPIs is is uh, is, is enormous, and as we've seen, as we've seen in the last couple of weeks, it's uh, it's uh, very 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 prominent. Uh, and again, this idea here that to try and respond to this core crisis in the OECD um, is 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 quite tough uh, unless you allow states to to try um, uh, uh, to try and not change their welfare systems or to actually have autonomy on the welfare systems. Okay. Am I, am I already in, in a few minutes? No, we've got ten more minutes. Ten more minutes, okay. Uh, the argument in the paper and the paper's online, and if you want to give me comments, I would be very happy to receive comments. If you want to cite it in a positive fashion, please, please do. If you want to cite it in a negative fashion, please wait until I have a new draft. Um, uh, for QPIs, the, the, the key argument here is that QPIs, um, uh, they serve a function of being able to bring in uh, capital, um, and also aspire to values that are more public values. Um, and in another paper um, that uh, should be coming out and ripe uh, next year, there's a case study there of the uh, US system and the Danish system. Um, had the reports the other week. Uh, one of the reviewers wrote that uh, he or she couldn't see the connection between Fannie and Freddie and the world economy. And I thought, well, you know, there you go. <laughs> um, in terms of rights discourses, Fannie, Fannie, Freddie, and Ginny, it's pretty easy to explain. Uh, Fannie Mae is really a creation of the Great Depression. Um, it follows on from an experiment called the HOLC uh, around 1933 to 1936. Um, in 38, you have Fannie Mae, and the, the basic point there is, is, that, is that the need for Fannie Mae is based on a br fairly broad rights discourse. Um, Ginny Mae is, is, is even more explicit. It's actually uh, Title uh, Eight of, uh, of the Civil Rights Act is called the Fair Housing Act, and Ginny May is created from that. So, so in terms of a clear rights discourse, it's, yeah, it's all there. Um, Freddie is for the SNLs, the thrifts in America. 
Um, and so for the 1970s, you have a secondary market here. And it, having three siblings are all functioning. Um, Fanny and Freddie uh, as owned by shareholders, but their charter is public. And uh, Ginny, uh, that's just public. So, but the, but the point here again is that they built on rights discourses. I think, yeah. And also, uh, this change, change that change, change, that change in terms of rights discourses in the US being being more emboldened uh, goes on in the 1970s. Um, and so, in 1977, you have the CRA, and the CRA is essentially to stop redlining. Um, so the practice here is that you get a, I guess you get a red marker or maybe a crayon and you draw a line around a neighbourhood and say, oh, we're not going to lend to them because they're Hispanic or because they're too poor or because they're black or, or similar. Um, and the CRA is really about trying, trying to stop that from going on. Um, and it gives a lot of power to watchdogs um, uh, like, uh, like ACORN um, and CSC and NCRC. These are all acronyms of groups who campaign. Oh yes, here we go. And ACORN, and also in the early, early 90s, after the last crisis in America, um, there's, there's also changes to, to increase the amount of data on home loans. So if you're applying for a home loan, um, and, and one, one of the big changes here is that um, is if you apply for a home loan and you don't get it, um, is that they have data on, on a, a race, gender, where you live, your income, a religion, um, and so on. And so, in term, term, so uh, um, in, term, in terms of oversight and trying to get uh, banks to behave well, uh, that, that is emboldened during that period. Um, here we go. This is also a funny cartoon. This is a, uh, this is a shark wearing a suit <laughs> and, and having a suitcase a, yeah. um, <laughs> as a subprime lender. Um, and the social sources of financial power, I'm down to five minutes. Oh, okay. I have, to, I have to try and skip the funny cartoons. Um, in terms of, of Arthur Bush, uh, the last 10 pages of, of my last book was really sort of trying, trying to think through what's going on with Bush. Uh, Bush, in terms of regulation, uh, changed, changed quite a lot um, in terms of how banks, bank, uh, uh, in terms of the power of watchdogs over banks, it was, <coughs> was really threatened and weakened. Um, and of course, you have new and and of course, for subprime, there's a new range range of lenders who are unregulated, basically, um, in the system. Fannie and Freddie change their behaviour. They become much more corporate than they, than they were before. They increase their purchases of mortgage bonds and so there's more capital, uh, in that sense. And of course, you have the property boom. Um, if you have uh, no or small wage growth in the system, and in a society where you have to acquire assets or you're uh, screwed, basically, later on. Uh, then, then the boom itself creates pressure, um, and and of course the pressure goes into subprime. Um, and the point through comparisons is to demonstrate that this occurs not only in the U.S. Uh, but also in other economies. And certainly, certainly the uh, the U.S. according to the IMF uh, was not the most most at risk. Uh, it's the Irish and the Irish, the Dutch, and the uh, U.K. Irish, Dutch, U.K. The fourth, I forget. Spain, uh, and fifth, fifth was Denmark, and in fact, my bank in Denmark collapsed the other month. So, were you insured? Uh, yes, I'm insured, uh, but uh, yes, and the, uh, it turned out that the CEO was just lying about their investments in real estate. So, and, and Denmark, in that uh, context, it's um, incredibly shameful. 
It's a funny cartoon, but we'll skip this. This is the. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, in terms of house price income ratios, the, the point here, and I'll try and hurry up because I'll, I'm going to run out of time, um, is that the US is this kind of a grey silver line here, um, and things aren't so bad um, from that comparison there. Uh, and certainly, if you're a uh, certainly certainly the the um, Australian case and, and the New Zealand case um, is is a bit scary. Um, now, on comparisons between systems, what I tried to do with Herman Schwartz is they were arguing that that the the change in housing finance is transnational change. So change on uh, for example is transnational, but the welfare systems are national systems. So, and if you had these two things going on at the same time, you get some interesting politics out of it. So, for example, in the Australian case, I've argued that the, 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 the Australian system has changed, where the parents are now eating their young, because you, because there are clear because there are very clear incentives to be a landlord, to be old and to be a landlord. And I see it as well, as you can hear from my accent, I'm Australian, and I see it as being fairly predatory, and it made me very angry. Um, in the assessment here, also we have th th this idea of a trade-off for for for, for, for welfare. Um, and we're trying to assess here um, two things. The, the first thing is how people behave in the economy in terms of having lots of debt um, early in life or late in life, or state support or not. The second thing is is a change in attitudes. So, in the uh, issue of the journal, uh, there's a case study um, from myself and a guy called Jens uh, Lerlefeld Mortensen. Um, who, who um, and where, where the Australian case is, is, is one where the parents are the young and the Danish case is, is one where, where it's, uh, there's more solidarity but, 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 but at the same time the, the attitudes towards housing are changing very very rapidly so for example I live in a, what in English I guess you would call a housing co-op I own the right to live in the building, I don't own the apartment and uh, that system is, is, is seen as a sort of a soft socialist system and it basically, in the last 10 years, due to the property boom in Denmark, it's been wiped out, it's been privatised. Now, those, those, those kind of changes, and this is one third of Copenhagen, those, those kind of changes are, are incredible, I think. Um, have, have a time, I, I guess I have to hurry up. 30 seconds. 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so again here, in terms of um, debt, uh, it's not unusual for, for, uh, for Britain, Ireland and similar. Um, and also this uh, issue of, um, of um, intergenerational equity um, is fairly important to me and, and I plan on doing some work on that. Right. Um, from the journal itself, this, this, this is how it maps out in the systems. Uh, yeah. In fact, I'll leave that, leave that to the journal. It's free um, on, on the web and I will get down to the responses. Four, four different systems in the journal, all very interesting. The one called familial was actually called Catholic familial before, and then we included Bulgaria, Romania, and uh, uh, and a whole bunch of countries. And uh, we had a, a Russian specialist in the issue as well, and she objected to the, the term Catholic, so we took it out. Um, again, change changing these systems is incredibly rapid. So the point of this slide was to just just to just to say very very very, very briefly that Danes are very risk averse um, in terms of their lending. And change that was induced in part by the EU, um, in the Danish case, has led to, to, to really very, very different, different practices and, and attitudes. Okay. International responses. I will get onto this very quickly. Can I have another uh, 25 seconds? Okay. 
Um, in, ter in terms of investment into Fannie and Freddie, um, it's a bit less than one third, and uh, I wish about 35% is Chinese and Japanese. So in terms of great power politics games going on here, th this is fairly interesting, I think. Um, I saw the other day that the Chinese uh, um, uh, are starting to, to, to sell stock from Fannie and Freddie and go into uh, uh, T-bills instead. Um, in terms of reaction, as I said before, to blame SP and Moody's is fine, but to coordinate on, on, on another issue is, is, is fairly weak at the moment. Um, and as I said before, the, the problem is strange. I'll just finish up. Fannie and Freddie are now nationalised. This is interesting. We're into a new period. Um, Ginny May by itself is, is now booming. Uh, this is interesting because Ginny, as I said before, is public um, and was public. There have been attacks against the QPIs, and so the Economist has been has been especially uh, vocal in saying that this this model um, uh, was was uh, was uh, uh, not sane to begin with. Um, but there's also a defence of the QPIs um, in the American system. Uh, and Hank Paulson the other day uh, on nationalisation gave a speech where where he, did, where he said basically, if we interpret it um, through through discourse. Um, and everyday politics said said that they said basically Fannie and Freddie are too big to fail. Um, okay, but, right. And uh, in terms of speculations, Ginny is going to grow for the working classes, and I think Fannie Fannie and Freddie would be for the middle classes. Um, it's certainly the CEOs who've just been sacked. Uh, uh, in terms of campaigning, uh, try try to try to change change the institution that way. Sorry, it's too long. Oh, yes, and, and better liberalism lives is the, is the, is the end.